Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respect to Elders, past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded. I'm Sally Goldner, your host for the Out of the Pan, which um, broadcasts noon through one, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at this time, um, and does so every, virtually every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. I use the pronoun she, her. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61. Four five six seven five one two one five. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook on my page Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan three CR eight five five AM Melbourne. And any opinions that I express on the show are strictly my own and not those of any organisation with which I've been associated in the past or the present. And I don't have a DeLorean, so I can't talk about the future. Um, there could be. Um, some triggering content on the show today um, because there's a couple of issues we need to discuss being the so-called religious discrimination bill is back in the news and also we are coming up to Trans Awareness Week which in turn involves Trans Day of Remembrance. So um, they are um, issues that I'll deal with them as sensitively and carefully as I can but if they are triggering you can contact uh, Switchboard on one eight hundred. 184527, Switchboard being part of QLife um, in, uh, around Australia, Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania. Also Rainbow Door on 1800 729 for phone calls. There's also a Rainbow Door SMS line 0480 017246. So the content warnings for today, the Religious Discrimination Bill um, and Trans Day of Remembrance. Now we haven't publicly seen yet a latest version, I think we're up to draft, would be draft number three of a supposed religious discrimination bill. And, you know, the first two were, well, pretty um, poor by my, in my personal opinion, in that they were not so-called built to protect from religious discrimination, but gave excessive um, religious freedom to certain denominations and faiths. And therefore were criticised as um, by those who wanted to criticise them as imbalanced, and there were major concerns. Now, the second bill may be um, a little different, and there's all sorts of allegations and rumours flying around about the third one, but let's look at where some of the things have gone wrong on the first two iterations. Um, some of the issues are in no particular order of priority that this federal law could override better state and territory law. For example, the state of Tasmania has had very few, virtually no religious um, exemptions from discrimination law, obviously, when you know, the selection of re religious officials since 2005. They've had no exemptions for sport. And no, there haven't been big bearded men wanting to play in the women's leagues, um, taking women's spaces. Um, sorry, I just slipped in a puddle of my own sarcasm there. My apologies. Seriously, um, the thing is they could be overridden um, 
amongst other things, but also basics. One of the um, sort of less known about, about basics of anti-discrimination law, and I'll quote, for example, Section 10 of the Victorian Equal Opportunity Act says, quote, motive is irrelevant. No doubt we've heard people, whether it's in issues of area of discrimination covered by discrimination or whether it's more in more general life where it's not um, an area of life covered by discrimination, they've tried to take, make this excuse, well, I didn't mean it to be discriminatory, I didn't mean it to be offensive, or a variation of which it's only a joke. It, wasn't me- it was meant to be funny. Well, the motive is irrelevant, therefore gets rid of that. So you can't just say, oh, I... I meant it to be such and such when I called Sally Golden a he and sir and all the rest of it. It doesn't matter. Otherwise, when you, if you think about it, if we didn't have that provision, virtually every anti-discrimination and equal opportunity type of law would become um, powerless. Heaven forbid content warning, mention of theoretical misogynism and sexual harassment. Man puts hand up women's skirt and at a, at a hearing says... Well, I meant it as a compliment because she was sexy. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, that's your motive, case dismissed. Well, that's why we have motive is irrelevant. If federal law overrides state, that could become irrelevant. So these are some of the things that have been speculated about, repeat, speculated in relation to the federal override um, of state law. Then there's the so-called Falau Clause, and we can't Falau it. Um, no, pun had to be a pun even in the midst of seriousness, um, which would give statements of belief um, priority over the laws. So someone could, that's again theoretical in a workplace, say, oh, I don't really think transgender people exist, call a trans woman like myself, sir, and say, well, it's my religious belief that you're not a woman, so I'm calling you using um, male references to, oh, well, that's your belief, too bad, Sally. So these are the sort of things that have to be checked amongst others. There's also... Um, you know, poss- have been possible thoughts that large corporations, um, you know, would not be able to then support LGBTIQA plus and other, we would hate, and I'll come to that in a second, diversity um, campaigns. So it should be pointed out um, just bef- then before we go further, this is not just about LGBTIQA plus, which is obviously a major focus of this program, along with gender issues, so women's issues, but disability issues um, come into this possibly race issues, many, many others. It's also perhaps also unclear whether some of this would affect some of LGBTI or all because um, some, sometimes I've heard even fundamentalist Christians say they acknowledge intersex people exist. There's also another issue here. If belief is protected, let's put the following scenario that happens in a workplace. Person of religion A says to person of religion B, your religion's stupid. Person B says to person of religion A... Your religion's stupid. Who's got priority here? Um, We don't know. Now, let's be really clear about something. Um, If there is any discrimination and lack of freedom of religion in Australia, where does it come about? It comes about when we have Islamophobia. We've seen a rise in anti-Semitism. I've often heard Wiccan and pagan faiths ridiculed in mainstream media yet no one ever suddenly leaps to their defence, do they, in main, uh, often in broader society. And yet it's, they're suddenly seen as an attack on Christianity just because some elements of Christianity, and I want to come back to that too, don't get their own way. Then we go back further. Let's, and this is where I'll raise the content warning a bit. Four years ago, we had just finished the 
horrendous so-called postal survey. And yes, marriage equality came about. 61.8% of those voting voted for marriage equality. Hooray, hurrah, jolly good. Um, And now there we were. And then we had the so-called Ruddock inquiry. Now it should be remembered Philip Ruddock was Attorney General in 2004 when the original limitation of marriage to uh, male couples that were male and female um, came along. So there's a problem for starters. There was no evidence or um, transcripts taken at this inquiry. There have been numerous reports, including some aired on this station, of what LGBTIQA plus people endured at the hearings where Ruddock ridiculed them. I believe that one allegation I'd heard was that one person used the word queer to which Ruddock lectured them about using an offensive word. Well, some people have reclaimed the word, as we well know, and it's their right to whatever label that they want to use. So um, the thing is that even the Ruddock inquiry, which has more flaws than a skyscraper, so to speak, um, found out that there was no real threat to religious freedom in Australia. Um, At no point, to my knowledge, has mainstream church, you know, it's not like we hear in some countries where, uh, or previous regimes, for example, it was um, commonplace in the Soviet Union that churches were infiltrated by secret police. And if they spoke out against the state, suddenly the the priest was hauled off to a detention um, situation somewhere. Well, that's not happening here, is it? And we don't hear of larger churches, powerful Christian denomination churches having that sort of stuff. However, I'm aware of some pretty really distressing incidents, and I'll put this content note up to high here, um, of um, LGBTI-friendly places of worship being um, targeted by right-wingers. On a similar note, um, it should be noted that um, starting on the front page of um, today's age, there is a report um, quoting the wonderful Andy Medic, um, member for the Upper House of Western Victoria, saying that protesters against the Andrews government's um, um, COVID bill, which is not an issue that I want to get into, have been outside his home. Now, that is not on. And so when we start having um, these sorts of things happen, and who knows if you know 3CR was somehow threatened, would people be suddenly going on about freedom of media? Well, let's just say based on previous experience, probably not. Um, so... You know, there there really is just no need for this sort of legislation that has been the draft of which we've seen in the past and any of the clauses that come in in the future. So if you've got concerns about the legislation or questions, let's try to answer them today. Um, get in touch with me via all the modern means of communication mentioned. We need to get to the bottom of this and sort it out and make sure that we do something about it. And the critical thing is that it could be have things done about it very easily. And the critical pivot here is the Australian Labor Party. If the ALP voted, first of all, for a Senate inquiry into this, um, it would certainly mean that we'd have be able to get our case across. And there would have to be documentation, transcripts, open hearings, the whole caboodle, um, where people were able to come forward and give their points of view safely. Um, But also, if the ALP just said, well, we don't like any of the sort of things that I've just mentioned and say we'll vote against them, um, along with the crossbenchers in the current Senate, things would probably go down. So um, there's things we can do. So what do you think we need to do as well? What are your concerns? What do we need to do to overcome them? 
um, pop them through to me um, by all those means of communication out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456 751215. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And um, also on Facebook, Sally Goldner AM, and um, also out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Um, and let me know. In the meantime, uh, we opened up today with Cole Chisel, Teenage Love Affair, and that's from their album um, called Teenage Love, which was um, released um, in the mid-90s after the first run of Cold Chisel and is studio tracks that were never quite made it to albums, so they're not quite polished and cut and refined and fine-tuned, but they're just as good as anything that were released on those first five studio albums and the live album to that point, Swing Shift. And that was one of them, Teenage Love Affair. There's a version of um, a song called A Little Bit of Daylight, which later, um, which later became Daylight and a Jimmy Barnes solo hit. Um, F111, um, um, what was another one? It Ain't Wrong, um, which is a great one as well. Um, so let's have some more musica now. Um, I've been digging out some of my 80s stuff. I've gradually got my good old-fashioned stereo rolling again and been listening to this, so... Here's a track from an early Stephen Cummings solo album. Stephen Cummings, of course, who was with the sports in the 1980s. And, well, uh, maybe this is a difficult topic to talk about, this religious discrimination bill. But from the album um, This Wonderful Life, here's a track called Forbidden Territory. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Forbidden territory, forbidden territory. 
There's kind of a lot of a lot of things that are coming up to the fore at the moment as well, particularly in terms of the way that we imagine, for example, essential work and also sort of essential community life or essential caregiving um, and how those how those function. If we think about sort of the way that queer family often takes very very sort of different forms and very you know important and meaningful forms that often don't match the picture of normative heteronormative family life but how so many of the of the affordances or the restrictions or the kind of the, the government governmental sort of imagining of the way that we should live and what we need to live and what we need to survive really is shaped around heteronormativity you know it's around the family life in the suburb as opposed to many you know single individuals who have shared queer family both sexual and community connections that sustain them and that kind of give them give them life and give them give them sort of energy and comfort and safety and security and support you're listening to 3cr community radio 855 am on digital and online 3cr radical radio a.k.a. DJ Spooky, straight out of New York City. I'm checking in with Australia on 855 on your AM dial. And remember, community radio is subscription-sponsored, and I think it's incredibly important to always remember that it's a different perspective. Check it. Community radio now and beyond. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot au, three CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 
Prior to the messages, we heard from Stephen Cummings from This Wonderful Life and Forbidden Territory. And um, um, Stephen Cummings, who was a a member of the sports, along with Andrew Pendlebury, and um, then has had a great solo career. Now, here's an apropos of nothing, but um, just while checking on to see if any messages had come in via Twitter during the track, um, I noticed this one turn up from my favourite person on Twitter, Barry Mulligan, at BazzaCC. Just received a message from my niece. She's had a baby boy. Family are going to name him tomorrow. I messaged back saying that I thought that was a stupid name for a baby. Oh, dear. I had to. But I've got it out of my system and I feel better now. Anyway. Um, if you don't like the puns, well, I don't know, I should give a pun warning. Um, they're part of this program. Someone who does like the program, I didn't get a chance to mention this late in the show last week, um, Xavier, who, um, thanked me for the program and for the work. Um, look, my pleasure, um, Xavier, and thank you for listening. Um, thank you to all the awesome listeners at 3CR. Remember 3CR and Out of the Pan don't have regular listeners. Um, we have awesome listeners. Um, always need to make sure that we um, you know, sort of um, clarify that one. Well, part of the queer family, we heard a mention of that in one of the messages, um, is that um, we're in a big, coming up to a very big week for the trans community, one that's been going for a long time. We're coming up to Trans Awareness Week, which leads up to Trans Day of Remembrance on Saturday. Now, content warning for mention of transphobia, and I'll put it overall at about a medium level content warning, um, because it is a difficult day. Trans Day of Remembrance um, was founded in the late 90s by, um, so by, um, sorry, I'm having a mental blank um, in, a, in a second, but um, it was following, um, it was started by um, Gwendolyn Ann Smith as in to honour the memory of Rita Hester, who sadly, whose life was lost um way too early, um, we'll say, due to trans hate crime. And um, it was founded in 1999 following Rita's um, death the previous year and it's now being observed in many, many countries, at least 20, probably more as time has gone on. And it's a solemn day and it has for a long time been a critical focus of the trans community which makes us ask, you know, is it, do we which is in part why we now have the positive day, Trans um, Day of Visibility, on the 31st of March. Now, we, we can't ignore what has happened, and we do need to acknowledge those we've lost. And you know, unfortunately, trans hate crime exists, and the reality is that um, it's, um, you know, it happens. And I wish I didn't have to talk about it, but the reality is that um, I do. And unfortunately, we've lost over 370 lives worldwide where it's been able to be documented this year. And that in itself says something. What about countries where there just isn't the resources, the connection into the trans community, all those sorts of things. Um, And um, trans, um, the, um, you know, um, trans Respect versus Transphobia Worldwide TVT Research Project has updated this during the last week and unfortunately 375 registered murders from 1 October 2020 to 30 September 21. Um, Brazil, 125, um, shows perhaps the danger of right, extreme right-wingers such as their current president. Mexico, 65, United States, 53, 
Um, and um, also there's been some reporting for the first time, Greece, Kazakhstan and Malawi, um, 96% um, of those murdered globally were trans women or trans feminine people. And that says something about misogynism and gender imbalance and gender bias in itself. Um, not for a second, though, do we um, discount any difficulties faced by trans men and or non-binary people. Double the rate in the United States. Um, but here's another one. Trans people of colour, 89% of those murdered in the United States of America. Um, 43% of trans people murdered in Europe were migrants. 70% um, of the murders registered, and again noting that is registered, happened in Central and South America with 33% alone in Brazil. 36% on the street, which talks to trans homelessness, is something we need to talk about. And 24% in one's own home, which also says that sometimes um, you know, we need safe spaces. I want to come back to that. And um, average age 30, range from 13 through to 68 um, and also um, there's issues, um, sorry, I forgot to mention 58% of murdered people whose occupation was known were sex workers. So we can see the intersectionality here, which I suppose some might say, well, we were probably aware of that. But when this sort of evidence comes in, it's really, really, you know, sort of sobering, but, you know, reinforces it and shows a need to be intersectional and respectful and how we bring everyone along is so important. And, you know, I wanted to talk about the homeless issue. Um, it is a big issue that, you know, trans-friendly accommodation is important. Um, so not just any accommodation. Some people say, oh, I'll just put some trans person, get them off the streets. But I've, you know, we've sadly heard of places where the issue that often um, housing and accommodation for trans people, because housing and accommodation haven't understood um, issues of sex and gender. Um, trans women, for example, might end up in a men's homelessness shelter or something which is unsafe. Um, there's where do non-binary people end up? You know, um, for that matter, where do trans men end up? When we have an emphasis, certainly we need to talk about violence against women, but men still might need a place to go. What happens if a trans man is responsible for children? Where do they all go? So there needs to be more inclusive um, accommodation. This came up during the week. One of the things that has, I've um, had happen to me over the years is that I totally acknowledge the wonderful creativity and vision of those in our trans community. They come to me, someone involved in the trans community, I've got this great scheme for a trans sort of um, safe place and they've got all these ideas, we'll teach people skills and we'll do this and do this. And they say, well, how much do you expect this will cost? And they've never done a budget. And then how do you get supposed to get funding? Oh, I don't really know about that. I was hoping you could help me. Well, I can, but you know, I've got to have something to go on. So we need to sort of turn these great ideas into, um, you know, sort of reality. Um, I think it was Thoreau who said, for, um, if you have Bill Castles in the air, your work need not be wasted. Now put the foundations underneath them. So that would be a help if we had a, a trans and more queer, for that matter, safe spaces for those who are more vulnerable at the queer and intersections. So plenty to think about there. Now, the thing is this year, there are lots of um, events happening for um, Trans Awareness Week um, around um, the country now called Australia. 
and I'm just going to see if I can dig those up. But there's certainly stuff in Melbourne. Transgender Victoria is partnering with City of Yarra, for example. Um, and um, uh, I know there are events in Brisbane and um, Sydney as well. Um, so there are certainly um, things happening. And, of course, in this time day and age, they will be a combination of online and in person. So, um, you know, there are those events. Come to those perhaps in the next segment. So um, the thing is, Trans Awareness Week, as it's now evolved into, is a chance to bring up the issues that trans people face and also, um, you know, sort of then, um, you know, Look for solutions, and this is where sometimes things sort of fall down. So um, Trans Day of Remembrance 2021 in Victoria, Transgender Victoria partnering with Yarra Libraries and the Ewing Trust. J.R. Ewing, still around? No, not that Ewing. Um, uh, 20th of November, Saturday, 6 p.m., um, morning reflection and togetherness, a short vigil, readings and performances by Navoza Zin and Amao um, Liatalu and hosted by Mama Alto, streamed from Wurundjeri Country. Um, and um, you can nominate people to receive care packages. You can put in contributions to the vigil by the 16th, so you'd better get um, quacking. Um, the packages are supported by the Ewing Trust, Yarra Libraries, Love Tea, Lush, and Inspired Creations by Tash. So lots of things going on there. And I'll try to find where other things are happening um, around um, this continent, um, just while we have some more music. And the music we're going to play, I've been, um, as I say, digging out, I dug out the record player and got it rewired, but also where some things have been on CD, I've tracked down where one can get the CDs. And as someone who loved all that 70s rock, I missed one, a later release from a classic 70s rocker, Bob Seger, and from his album in the 2000s called Face the Promise, given that we're sort of halfway through the show, give or take, or that was the schedule, this is a track called Between, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Um, a few things. I forgot to thank the crew from Andrew and the crew from Out of the Blue. I saw a, I saw a presenter live in the 3CR studios today. Things coming back to some semblance of usualness, if we can use that word. Um, and wonderful to see that happen. Um, also there's some people in here doing some training today, which is awesome snoresomes. Um, so people in the 3CR building, hooray. And whilst I'm always a little cautious about um, announcements of COVID case numbers and things on Sunday and Monday, because people were less tested over the weekend and the Sunday and Monday announcements reflect that. 909 new cases in Victoria today, which is the lowest it's been in some months or weeks at least, um, probably at least since around mid-September, um, is very, very welcome. Um, let's hope we get a few more days of that, but it certainly seems where, you know, a sort of 1,100 and less is pretty good. 
Um, so we can but keep hoping. And also hospitalizations seem down from a peak of 770, I think, in Victoria at one point. Now down in the 400s, 440s somewhere. Let's keep it going. Um, of course, um, you know, getting um, vaccinated is something you have to consider in line with your own health um, needs and genuine beliefs. Um, but um, if you can, and please do, and we can get out and about. I'm looking forward to midsummer, getting some emails now about upcoming midsummer events. Um, midsummer back in its usual sort of late January, early February time slot, um, which is wonderful to see. Um, had an, an SMS come in, a um, couple from um, Xavier. Um, and yeah, it's sticking on our um, content of Trans Day of Remembrance and Trans Awareness Week. And again, just content warning here, we'll say low to medium level um, because of what we need to talk about. Um, so quoting Xavier, Sally, trans hate seems to be more practiced in our society and it appears to be more prominent than most other forms of discrimination and hate. It's hard enough for most of us humans to simply get along in the world. Most humans seem to practice some form of hate, but trans hate seems to be more severe. I wonder how we can change this lots of love, um, Xavier. And also says, keep up the wonderful work. Um, thank you, Xavier. You raise a fair point here. And I think that um, there's often, I think, when it comes to discrimination, hate, all those sorts of things, there's two parts to it. There is what I'm going to call the numerical amount of hate. And um, that's a factor um, that... Um, <laughs> I'll come to why I'm laughing in a second. I'm sorry, it is not to do with Xavier's comment. Uh, it is, uh, you know, there's two factors to hate. Uh, one is um, the amount of it and also the intensity. And, you know, some, we all, we're all aware of microaggressions in our communities. And uh, the thing is there that um, that sort of creates a greater number of discrimination However, some people sadly face, as we talked about, murder. And so I think Xavier raises a really interesting point. It just seems the intensity of hate that's out there on trans when we hear it, um, which comes from a more extreme end, is, uh, is something to consider. Now, what I was sort of chuckling at there was not to do with Xavier. Uh, John has come in, and I'm going to take this one on board as best as I can, Great show. Be mindful the amount of ums you say. I counted of 63 in my opening monologue. Um, I do thank you for that, John. I can only say in all honesty today, while I will try to look at that, I'm having some personal struggles at the moment and I'm not quite 100% uh, this week. There was another R, uh, so which is, which is why I am um, now mindful of it. I will give it my best shot. And so, yeah, coming back to Xavier's comments, what do we do about it? Now, there's all sorts of possibilities here. Education is one which um, responds to, we'll say, the rational mind where we say, what good does hate bring? None. Why do it? Do something that is genuinely positive. That doesn't mean we go to toxic positivity and gloss over problems either. There is a, you could take an energetic approach and try to put out as much love as we can in the world. Some people will find that ink more cheesy than a, than a cheese factory, uh, vegan or um, dairy, take your pick. Some people will say it works. However, genuine positivity, but not, not ignoring negativity and hate by any means, I think is a reasonable approach that we can take. 
So there's a couple of options. Uh, I wish I had uh, more for you. And um, as I say, I'm sorry, I'm having some ums today. It's just one of those days where I'm feeling a bit less than 100% with mental health issues and due to personal stress. I'll just do, do what I can. So how do we tackle it? And of course, trans people need allies, the same as you know, sort of people who are, you know, sort of by whatever indication seen as abled need to support people with disabilities and people who are neurotypical need to be allies to those who come under neurodiverse or neurodivergent and so on. So we need to listen to those who are facing negativity, if I can use it that way, whether we call it hate, discrimination, microaggressions, anything similar, and and be supportive. If you hear some something that is inappropriate, whether it's a microaggression such as misgendering, try to call in first of all. So here's a quick example. You're in a, say, a work meeting with a group of colleagues and let's say I was there and I, you knew that I used the pronoun she, her, and someone said, so that person over there, he said, blah, blah, blah. Now, sometimes it happens in a work meeting, the conversation, it moves on. You can't do something right there and then or even in the next sort of break. But as soon as you can afterwards, go up to the person who might have made a genuine honest slip and say, look, you referred to Sally as he, Sally uses she, her pronouns. That person might have honestly just made a slip, not been aware of it and goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Yay, fixed, move on. If it's a work setting and um, the person doesn't do anything to fix it and just says, oh, I think that person's really a male, which links back to our first segment, then you would raise it with the person's manager or a human resources department, something like that. Anything that can turn it around and just say, look, not on. Um, I've done it again. I'll be conscious of this now for the rest of the show today. Uh, seriously, John, thank you. It does get uh, pointing, um, you know, need pointing out. Uh, the thing you can do is just do those little things. Let's, let's stop and make it clear that people don't have a right to genuinely misgender people at all. And it's not your right. People, we talk about people's freedom. Well, you have a freedom to choose what you do. You don't have a freedom to do anything. And if you choose to misgender someone in a workplace in Australia, then that is a form of discrimination, linking back to what we said earlier. And it's why we need these sorts of laws. Have a couple of messages, then come back and wrap it all up and have one last track to take us out. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. 8.30 AM Wednesday... 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Freedom of Species is a show about animals, for animals, listened to by humans. Tune in Sundays, 1 p.m. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon through one, 
every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Now, I did find the various events around Australia, and this is on a publicly available page for more information, the LGBTIQ Plus Health Australia, formerly the LGBTI Health Alliance, has this list at lgbtiqhealth.org.au forward slash transgender awareness week events. You should be able to search that within the website. And yes, there is one in Brisbane, Mianjin, Transgender Day of Remembrance Vigil, 8.30pm local time at the Wilson's Outlook Reserve, a candlelit vigil at 8.30 and the Story Bridge will be lit in the colours of the trans flag. Well done to Mianjin up there for that one. There's Acon in the City of Sydney Trans Online Art Gallery, and uh, that will happen, and need, you need to have your entries in by 11 o'clock. You have uh, the Transgender Victoria uh, event that I remembered, uh, remembered, that I mentioned. You have the Trans Day of Remembrance online panel discussion performances. Here's one that I hadn't heard about. And that's Thursday the 18th at 1pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And that's a combination of Switchboard, Koori Pride, Victoria, Many Coloured Sky, Zoe Bell Gender Collective and Transgender Victoria Reflecting. And then The Shed for Trans Men, Mask and Similar, a trans resilience with spoken and word and performance. And that's on Saturday the 20th of November at 330 and I'm not sure if that is online or in person or both. But it seems that the events are well sort of timed so that you can sort of get from one to the other, have breaks in between, very well coordinated. And that was much needed because I think everyone was a bit uh, exhausted after last year and there wasn't a lot going on, certainly in in uh, Nam. And now it seems that, as I say, events in three cities, if you do have events in other parts of this continent, please let me know and I'll try to put them on my Facebook page and also on the Out of the Pan Facebook page and others. I'd better get way out of here and make way for Freedom of Species coming up at one o'clock. And today, well, as I said, got the old record player going and listening to old records again and came up with this one from 1977, the Earl Scruggs Review. After Earl split with banjo playing partner Lester Flat, he formed a band which largely consisted of his sons and others. And from a 1977 album, Live at Austin City Limits, they did a cover of the Bob Dylan track, I Shall Be Released. And I am, because I've got to leave the studio to make way for Freedom of Species. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for our listeners for their comments and feedback. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
Thank you. Thank you.